Well, good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome once again to the Hager Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted again at our normal home, the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, Rexburg, along with Dane filling tonight. And uh, Dane has been a long whirlwind of the weekend, and my my roommate from uh, this weekend just walked in and gave me a high five, and uh, he said that you just got back uh, this afternoon, and uh, I I rolled into Decatur. Almost one o'clock on Friday night, and it seemed like the finals took longer this year than they did in the past, didn't they? It certainly seemed like there were more TV timeouts than ever, but uh, there weren't a whole lot of falls in the finals either. So I think that that attributed to it also. Well, Rex, we've got a lot to cover from this weekend, and certainly a lot of uh, stories to tell and analysis to do. But we're gonna, in the first and second and third period, we're gonna take a look back at the season in its entirety and and tell some stories and and reminisce and uh, i'm looking forward to it you're gonna make me remember this stuff right you are going to have to remember you weren't there for all of it but my brain is mush for most of it from after this weekend i did some calculations dane uh, i think uh, personally i was on the air 19 and a half hours this weekend i think i was on the air for about seven minutes so <laughs> long enough for you to walk to the bathroom and back well that was that was counting the uh you know use on the hager hershey's Elder high school wrestling weekly for That's about true. let's see i just had to pot up it's like 57 minutes, I think, 58 minutes. That wasn't, it wasn't bad. It was a good show. We certainly appreciate uh, our good friend Henry Wilk coming on. Man, if you, didn't have, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it because it's not on your normal schedule yet, uh, download it on your phone, listen. He told some really cool stories about what the state finals were like uh, way back when and some of the, the, the attitudes that he brought to additional state finals as a coach. Um, as a spectator before he ever reached it, as an official, and uh, it was it was certainly a lot of fun. We do appreciate Henry coming up and sitting there with us the whole show because, you know, when you start early like that, uh, we were kind of on uh, special uh, admittance into the building, and nobody else could get in. So uh, our guest list was very small because we just didn't have as many people to draw from as for our guests. It's, uh, some of our normal guests were still on their way into the um, building. I know that uh, Mike Gable was still on his way up from Evansville, but uh, it, was, it was a good good show. Yeah, and I thought that one thing that we would do um, to start off before we get into our, our reminiscing is talk a little bit about the schools who have qualified um, for next year's team state. I know there was a lot of discussion about what that was going to look like for certain teams. And, of course, Center Grove, Brownsburg, Crown Point, they all qualified automatically. We all know that after the weekend that we just had. You think they had enough points to make it in? But uh, I do believe that Cathedral is in, and so is Warren Central. And it was very, very close between Perry Meridian, Modern Day, and Merrillville for that last spot in 4A. But now next year, the, uh, well, this year, next season, for next season, there's not going to be a vote in April. They're going to vote in the last two teams, both in December. Create a little bit more homework for Deck Bell 1, but that's okay. <laughs> now, in 3A, one thing that we do want to point out is a good friend of our show, Mr. Tanner Bowman, who's on his way back from Indy Nationals. And I heard they had 1,000 kids registered really? for Indy Nationals this year. Uh, DeKalb is in. Okay. I'm pretty sure they're automatically in. They're going to be joined by Terre Haute South, Mishawaka, Ron Colley, some of the regulars for the last few years. But DeKalb's going to be in. And I believe Fort Wayne Snyder had already clinched a spot um, by the time that uh, VZ stepped on the mat for the finals, too. They're, so. they're 3A? 
That they three? are. So two local schools to Calvin Snyder going to be joining uh, the big dogs up in 3A. Mr. Mr. Miller had a great showing for his DeKalb Barons over the weekend. Yeah, we got some stories to tell about that and uh, over the next coming week. And Tanner had mentioned that he might just drop by here on his way home from Indianational, so we'll see what happens there. At 2A, obviously, Jay County, Delta, uh, Western, they're all in, as are New Prairie and Belmont, Heritage Hills, Wabasee, a lot of the same teams that we've seen year after year, Hamilton Heights, and it looks like, if I have it correct here on my screen, Monrovia had also gained a spot, and McConaughey was right there. A couple teams on the outside looking in right now, Garrett, Rensselaer Central, Peru, and Angola. And then down in 1A, of course, Rochester made it. And so did Cowan and Adams Central. Those are the top three teams heading into uh, this weekend. And, of course, as we've discussed before, Rex, there's not a whole lot of 1A placers at the, at the individual state tournament. So there's not a whole lot of things changing in these team standings. But it's Rochester, Cowan, AC, North Miami is going to make their first appearance, to my knowledge. Prairie Heights is in, Cascades in. West Central will be back as will Southmont and Bluffton and Tell City. And the one team that we didn't mention, Rex, South Adams. They end up two points out of the automatic qualifying spot, and they will have to be voted in in December. Well, Jesse knows how to work his way into a schedule that will allow him to make his way. And he, he did it this year. I mean, just, just repeat from last year. And, you know, last year they came in having not attended the year before, but this year they finished fifth. And they bring darn near their whole team back, and all of those freshmen are going to be having a years of a year of experience under their belt. So I don't I don't have any doubt that South Adams can compete in that 1A field. Uh, they'll be up against some other schools that don't have a history at the team state. The next three teams be, uh, below them, Rex, are Faith Christian, Madison Grant, and Rossville. Couple so, of newcomers there. So yeah, always great to see new teams get up there and have a chance to compete. And likely one of those will make it in. But for South Adams, I'm feeling pretty confident that uh, they'll be one of those two teams who are who are voted in. So do you have a read for this section, Dane? As uh, we I do, we have all kinds of reads. We have to tell you first about Madman Wrestling Academy. Coach Myers finally made it back uh, this afternoon, and he'll start his preparations tomorrow. A couple of middle school matches this week, but. Uh, ISWA State is less than three weeks away at Warren Central, and so there will be Madman Wrestling Academy um, practices between now and then, and there will be Summer Slammers, of course, and the Fall Guys as they get ready for all of those tournaments. So check them out on Facebook or give Coach Myers a ring to get your young wrestler out on the mat. And, of course, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that we are back in our in our mecca of high school wrestling in Indiana, the Double Eagle. Uh, and our studio, as and our, our studio. people tell in our studio. As Ken called it. Wings on special night. I went with the barbecued wings. that just was feeling wings tonight, so wings and tots. And uh, always a good choice. Uh, I talked to the boys in the kitchen, and uh, this place was packed when I got here. And I said, you guys are going to be busy tonight. <laughs> they had wings coming out of their ears back there. And, of course, we also want to tell you about one of our newest sponsors. That's Jackson Associates. For a complete selection of financial services, including financial planning, and insurance services depend on Troy Jacks at Jackson Associates at 954 Industrial Drive in Portland. Troy in Portland is pleased to be a sponsor of this radio broadcast from the Double Eagle. And we'd like to congratulate the Jay County Patriots and specifically Mr. Tony Wood on a great season. 
Troy at Jackson Associates in Portland wishes the Jay County Patriots the best of luck in this upcoming season. Well, Dane, the real show can start now. The Brights have made it in the house. Okay, good. I'm glad so that the, Jeff the is ju- here. The judge has somebody to talk to, and the Brights have made it in the house. And with that, perfect time to take a uh, commercial break. We'll be back with more wrestling here on WZBD. The staff at Haggard, Hershey, and Zelt Funeral Home is honored to serve the community we love and live in. Locally owned and operated by Ryan Hershey and Eric Zelt, we understand that each family we serve and each life lived tells a unique story. Our goal is to offer comfort, care, and dignity to all who entrust their loved ones to our care. We are proud to call Adams County our home and look forward to serving you for generations to come. DDD Maintenance and Repair, owned and operated by Shane Reynolds, has your local professionals for heavy-duty truck and diesel engine repair. DDD Maintenance and Repair also offers full-service sand and glass blasting for your surface restoration projects. Whether it's getting your heavy-duty truck and diesel engine running like new or sandblasting your project to look like new, we have a blast renewing the past. Give Shane and the guys a call at 260-223-5442. That's DDD Maintenance and Repair. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Come on, guys. It's where your friends shop. Decatur Package Liquors, with the best service and variety in town, now with locations in Monroe, Burn, and Markle. Welcome back to Hager Hershey's L High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And, Dane, uh, since the weigh-in section is over, that makes me happy because uh, after this big weekend, I hit the scale this morning, and uh, uh, weigh-ins is this thing that I do not want to see again for quite a while until I get back down to fight and weight. Well, it certainly was good that uh, everybody made weight, and there was a lot of discussions about the weigh-ins on the first day of the tournament because I think a lot of people appreciated the fact that some of those big guys – they didn't get to weigh in 12 hours before their match. They had to wait until three or four hours. And I, I think everybody can agree that if we want to keep pushing a healthy weight plan for all involved, uh, the closer those weigh-ins can be to the actual bout is probably for the better. And I think that's one of the reasons why they, they, they do the split session. So, Rex, we're going to go way, way, way back in time. I don't know if you even remember it. But we were here for a big event all the way back in October when we started this show. You and your crazy ideas, let's, let's have a month worth of shows before the season even starts. And, you know, I'm, I'm game. I'm game for it because I know that uh, I always get good food with the Double Eagle, and, and it doesn't take a lot of arm twisting to get me to talk about wrestling. But, uh, you know, season started, seemed like it's going to be forever, and guess what? We blinked our eyes and it's over. It is true. So we started off with our very first show and an additional part of the show with the um, High School Wrestling Media Day out in the pavilion, and it was a lot of fun. We talked to a lot of coaches. We had some good food. We talked to some media personnel, and uh, I think that the, we can expect attendance for that to maybe double next year once we've got people uh, uh, fired up about it. And We can probably set a date here soon and, and get it on people's calendars. And, uh, you know, the ability to talk to people and, and, and uh, network and talk about your schedules and all those things, it was a really valuable part to the start of the year. Um, we also had uh, the young gentleman who runs the 
Wrestling Matters podcast was uh, in here in the building. Uh, maybe we can have the guy that uh, hits them at YouTube videos come in next year. Um, I ran into the young man that runs the Wrestling Matters podcast down there. Give him a big sh- handshake. Uh, I think that was in my uh, tenure when I was a, ran down to the restroom and you set in for me <laughs> right about five hours into the show. So, yeah, the, uh, the, the season started before the Calithumpian Parade even took off, and we were interviewing um, all of our local coaches, and we had a lot of fun with it. And then we had two or three weeks of shows where we went through the upcoming schedule and our broadcast schedule. We talked about our ridiculous idea to cover two team state tournaments at once. That wasn't a ridiculous idea. It worked out fantastic. It was a ridiculous idea. And then we had the first ever outdoor wrestling event in Adams County history that I can think of you know i it was kind of different when it happened and i'll tell you what i went back to it during our broadcast throughout the season and talked to hey remember back when we were downtown on madison street it was a good uh point to go back to like a starting uh point and uh, it was good and i think if tim myers and the uh weather gods uh align i mean that's something he can do every year but i think he just got really lucky because it was like 70 degrees that day and the next day, the temperature just fell out, and it just got weather was horrible. So he hit it just right. Yeah, we got to see a lot of new faces on the mat, and I would say that Coach Myers was pleased with the reaction of the community. He had to have been pleased with the attendance, and I just think overall it was a nice way to start the season and get kids fired up to be part of the team. There were a lot of new guys on the team this year. We had a lot of freshmen. We had some sophomores that came out to the, to the team for the first time, and uh, it was very fitting. Next year, who knows what the what the weather will be, but uh, I know Coach Myers had a backup plan, and it was going to be indoors if it didn't work out, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, and it's certainly going to be on our WZBD schedule going forward. You know, if the community's going to support it like they did, I mean, you took a picture, you were back, and uh, got a big picture of uh, Matthew C. Monroe's back uh, kind of blocking out half the crowd, but there was a lot of people down there. I mean, what would you estimate to us down there, 300 400 maybe? Probably, and, Be- and Belmont usually draws between 500 and 600 for a regular dual meet. So to, to see that many that many people there, I think it was a lot of fun. And it also offered the opportunity for uh, all the promotional materials that, that Tim worked on at the beginning of the year, the, the schedule poster, um, the apparel order forms, uh, all of those things. It was a nice way to hype the season and, and get people fired up, and uh, I know those that are in attendance that were there, they enjoyed it greatly. Yeah, I, I did. I thought it was a a really cool thing. I've, I've talked to a lot of coaches uh, during the season, and they said that was a really cool idea, and uh, they may kind of steal some of those ideas of themselves. And then we finally got underway. The very first match, we didn't even get to broadcast. No, we it's one thing that we've been talking about a lot, um, and for our faithful listeners, we've got some things in the work that uh, hopefully are going to alleviate some of that congestion um, for a night like a big night for Adam Central when the football team was playing in the semi-state, and uh, the boss went up there and and broadcast it in the cold. We just sat and watched a wrestling match. We didn't even have to put a headset on. It was kind of nice. But uh, Belmont came back. Henry Boy had the big pin in the final bout of the night, and we beat Wawasee. There was a heck of a bout between um, Gavin Malone from Wawasee and Duke. And I think if you look back on Duke's weekend and then you view it through the lens of how that first night went, um, he he worked hard this year. You know, Henry's dad's out in a crowd right now, and you look, and uh, I wonder, uh, as he's sitting next to his son, and he looks up, and the, the name of the young man he pinned for that match is on the uh, podium, taking an eighth-place medal. 
And then Gavin Davis also looks, and his young man from Wawa, see that he beat handily in that match, is on the podium, and he's placing as well. Yep, that's one of those things where you look at those guys and you see, man, I beat him. And it, it gives you a different perspective on the on the week, but it also gives you something to work for next week. All three of those young men from Belmont will be back next year. Jaquan East from Kokomo takes third at the Fort Wayne Semi-State, comes back, takes third in the state finals. I mean, he just had a fantastic weekend. He got a great draw as well. I was talking to uh, Joel Coons earlier in the weekend, and he said the same thing. He said, you know, you could take all these guys, shake them up in a bottle, and roll them back out like dice, and it all comes out a different way. And that's kind of the, the beauty of the weekend is you can show up and have a good week. It's not all predetermined for you, as uh, sometimes I think people think that it is. Think that it's it just everybody wins because they have this status. But no, it, it, it doesn't. There's, there's all kinds of guys. We could name off three or four off the top of our head right now who are like, man, I can't believe that he didn't win. Yeah, and I mean, we've, we had the conversation many times on the broadcast uh, over the weekend, it's like they don't just hand out medals to you for showing up. <laughs> and they, the, the effort it takes to win is so hard. I know that I talked to uh, Ike Rubel's dad, and he said that his first year, and he, you know, he takes runner-up, and his friend said, yeah, you'll just go back and win it next year. And he said, his dad, he goes, my friends don't understand how hard it is. Mm-hmm. You know, look at John Sheets, state champion freshman year. What's he finished the next three years? Third. Speaking of John Sheets, um, that's one of the coolest parts about – going down to Indianapolis. Uh, I was eating my meal with the uh, Indiana Matt Brass, and I look over, and across the way is, is John sitting there. And I went over to talk to him, and it's just funny how those memories just pop immediately back into your mind, and you think about I had a chance to, to hang out with uh, Robert Maldonado on Friday night, and man, did that bring back some vivid memories of that semifinal where uh, Bobby Joe had um, Nick Hobbs and Blake Maurer had Nick Coons, and you talk about shaking them up and rolling them back out. Wrestle that one again someday, and you might have a whole different history. Um, Nick Coons took Blake Maurer to overtime. That, if that changes, you know, so many things are differently or different. Same thing with Maldonado and Hobbs. What a great set of four wrestlers it was that year. I think it would have been 2000 and, 2001, I think it was. You know, uh, you and I sat relatively close to uh, Blake Maurer. On Saturday night, and if you put Mr. Coons and Mr. Maurer together right now, you'd have never imagined those two ever wrestled. <laughs> I know, I know, but I just remember that match so vividly in my mind from you know 22 years ago. Uh, there's been some great memories in, in, in that building for for local wrestling fans. So is Mr. Maurer not one of the guys who had your footprint on his hind end when you shoved him out your hotel room door late at night <laughs> on Friday? Yeah, he was uh, he was there pretty late. There were a lot of Maldonados in and out, so it's it's hard to keep them all. All, all track of them all. I don't know. I think Jeff and I were the last ones to turn the lights out at uh, at the at the judges' residence. Well, I tell you Friday. what. Over the last two years, one of my favorite uh, or one of my, my best memories over the last two years is getting to know Jeff um, and just going to, to wrestling tournaments and and really hearing his passion and sharing those stories. You know, there's some people who like to go and they like to watch, and then they go out to eat and they don't want to talk about it. Jeff's definitely one of those guys who, when he gets done with wrestling, he wants to sit down and he wants to talk with somebody else about wrestling. And that's one of the things that I enjoyed. I didn't get to see Jeff this weekend, but that's one of the things I enjoyed the most this weekend was as soon as the wrestling's over, everybody wants to sit and they want to talk about it and they want to analyze it. And that's one of the cool things about, about our tournament. All I know is that when I left early in the morning, it was crickets. That was, place was pretty quiet, pretty dark. Uh, the judge and Jeff uh, 
and I had some conversations late at night, and uh, I was out the door early. I don't know what time the alarms went off there, but I was long gone before they were up, I think. Well, it's a good time for me to tell you that nobody handles screen printing, and I think everybody, uh, the Belmont shirts this year were really recognizable with that big white uh, emblem on the front. They were really, really cool. Team Entrewear and Bluffton did those. They provide high-quality and creative apparel for South Adams football, Belmont wrestling, and a bunch of other teams in our area. Take all the work that coaches and volunteers used to do, taking orders and collecting money, and they do that work for you. Set up an online store and let the local experts at Team Entrewear take care of the rest we certainly appreciate their sponsorship and uh, partnership with us i almost didn't get to bring this sweatshirt home with me the judge had it on and i had to wrestle him to get it off it took two takedowns but i ended up winning it back so with that i'll play some commercials we'll be back with more wrestling talk here and we'll go to the second period right at this here in a haggard hershey's l high school wrestling weekly When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker Drywall. Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur is hands down the best auto body repair shop in the Midwest. That's why your friends and neighbors give Bowers Paint Studio a five-star rating on Facebook. Your family ride get dinged in an accident? Take it to Bowers for a free estimate. Need a custom paint job for your collectible car or motorcycle? Bowers Paint Studio is the place to go. Nate works with all the insurance companies and can help you get a loaner. That's Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur. Brad Weber proudly supports the WZBD Wrestling Coaches Show. He also supports youth football in Adams County as a board member of the Decatur Football League and president of Belmont Cadet Football, giving our youth the chance to learn the great game of football. Some of the best football players in our area have also been fantastic wrestlers. That's why famous coaches like Joe Gibbs and John Madden always wanted wrestlers on their team. Find out more about youth football opportunities by giving Brad a call at 452-7045 or email bw at bradweberlaw.com. Welcome back to Hager Hershey's Elder High School Wrestling Weekly. And, Dane, that's a perfect segue right there with uh, Brad Weber Law. Uh, one of our sponsors is uh, after uh, I was after church this morning, I was uh, checking out of Kroger, and Brad was there getting some stuff. And he looked at me and said, hey, great coverage this weekend, a fantastic job. You know, I mean, I'm going to hear from people over the next two weeks that talk about listening to it. And maybe that makes it worth it for being on here for 19 and a half hours. <laughs> well, I think uh, a lot of people had a lot of struggles with the streaming and the cost and just the availability of it. And then, of course, wait, radio's free. Isn't you it? had to, um, I'm talking about the video through <laughs> Flow, because then when you got the finals, you paid $25 to watch the first three rounds, and then you couldn't watch the finals. So I think uh, as more and more people listen in, uh, they can get it for a, a good value. But we can, were free, right? Oh, yeah, we were free. There you go. Absolutely. And uh, I think we did a pretty nice job with our coverage. And. There's not a whole lot of radio stations out there willing to devote that much airtime to the state finals. I think there's just one that yeah. uh, was willing to, well, to be on air the whole time. And we did it not only for the boys, we did it for the girls. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. I want to keep going on our chronological review of the season. While you were down rubbing elbows with the IHSAA brass in Indianapolis, I was up in the beautiful city of Goshen, Indiana at the Red Hawk Super Duels. 
had a lot of fun, hung out with the judge a little bit, and uh, had some good talks with Ken Meyer and uh, some other friends there. Had a, a really nice conversation with a couple of guys who now live near the campus of Butler University who were Goshen grads, and they were back visiting their moms. And, you know, sometimes when you go to those two-day tournaments and those big super duels, the memories that you build the most are what you do at night or the conversations that you have at the, at the hotel. And uh, as we were talking about, and we caught so much, so much flack for earlier in the year, that's one of the comments that we made about, you know, trying to find the positive side of if this thing does go down to Evansville, there's going to be some memories made down there a little bit differently than if, uh, if the tournament ends up in, in, in Fort Wayne. It's going to take you a week's vacation just to get down there and back, I think. <laughs> it's, prob- it's probably true. But uh, Belmont wrestled really well there at Goshen, and we had a lot of fun covering it. There were some good matches. We saw Gavin Davis take down Aiden Torres, uh, which was a lot of fun. We saw, um, we saw another state champ in Ashton Jackson uh, there. Of course, Jackson didn't win this, this year. That was a heck of a match. It was a lot of fun to watch. But uh, we learned some things about some Belmont boys and uh, took some lumps along the way. But uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun going up there. Um, we, we found out that Jim Pickard once coached wrestling on the island of Guam or Puerto Rico or what What was it? I forget. I think it was uh, U.S. Virgin Islands, I think. Somewhere. And he picked up yeah. a career dual meet win number 600 or 500. And so that was an interesting one. And uh, it, it, it was a lot of fun. We saw some good things from Giovanni Hernandez in that, uh, that set of duels. We also saw Keegan Martin move up and wrestle a couple of times at, at 285. Bryce Rickard wrestled well. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And, that, of course, as that was wrestling, like I said, Adam Central was still playing football. So Belmont was the only team that was in action at that point as we got into uh, December. But right before December came, uh, we did our first ever a groundbreaking dual meet, the first time that we had done a standalone dual meet broadcast for the South Adams Starfires. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, I went down there with my buddy Jamie. We went to Daleville. And Daleville had qualified for last year's 1A team state. And South Adams took care of business. Daleville was a little bit down at the start of the year. But we saw some really good things from Mav and from Cy. And uh, Colt Pullenbacher struggled at the beginning of the year. But we saw good things from him later on in the year. And, and, and we talked a lot about um, Coach Gaskell and the Starfires and the decisions that they made in November. And it paid off. And it was kind of nice that, that we were able to talk about that on our show and sort of bring up the fact that South Adams was really making a committed effort to win that last spot, and they, they, they rewarded the committee with a, a fifth-place finish. E- even though I've tried to give that spot away a couple of times, the, uh, you know, the honorary position of uh, first guest, guest of the season is Jesse Gaskell. You know, I, I'll try not to give that away again. I've, I've offered several times to other people, but you know, Jesse's every, every year for the first show, and I uh, one, another guy that we talk about uh, most of the season long is that uh, young freshman he has in, in Isaiah Meyer, and I thought uh, he's, a, he's a good addition to their team. Yeah, and it's one of those things, and we had this happen all off season. South Adams was ready to tout their incoming freshman class, and it's really difficult to do for a 1A school because everybody's like, well, you know, how good could they be? And I think Jesse knew, no, they're going to be 50% of our lineup, and they're going to be competitive. And it was hard to to justify that at the beginning of the year, and then all of a sudden the results started to come in, and they, they validated what Jesse had been saying, but even after the vote-in in late December, 
what those boys were able to do between then and conference, they really showed that some of those guys are going to be awfully good here in the ACAC in the upcoming years. You know, about midseason, you and I go into the Star Dome and we cover uh, Cowan Blackhawks as they take on uh, South Adams. And that was a very competitive match. Come down as a two-point match, and I think Cowan ekes it out at the end. You know, and that's the team we, we tout uh, Tony and his team a lot. And South, South Adams was right there with them. Yeah, and Cowan had a great year. Obviously, Jackson got a medal. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I've really enjoyed getting to know not only Tony but uh, but but Casey Bradley through AJ a little bit. But but uh, we we talked a little bit more, and it was really cool to see Jackson as a freshman get there. And you know, for a school as small as Cowan to take two state qualifiers down there. Um, but you go back to that duel between South Adams and Cowan. You know, Cowan won that, but South Adams ends up finishing ahead of them at, at Team State, and it's sort of validated. And you and I. I think we were right on the ball. We talked about it wasn't so much whether South Adams was going to beat them or not. It was the fact that they showed that they were absolutely competitive with them that sort of validated the idea that they were one of the top ten teams in 1A. And, well, then, and they did end up, end up losing, but it was almost a victory in disguise. Well, I was not on the ball that night because you did not tell me that that was like a 6 o'clock start time. And I was <laughs> I taking a remember. nap in my car, and you're going, <laughs> hey, where are you at? You I was like, well, I mean, this thing starts in like 10 minutes. Like, oh, I asked, I, I remember because I asked Macy and Peyton, they were the ones taking the tickets. <laughs> I said, Rex is already here because your name wasn't even on the list. And I went up to our usual spot up there, and uh, you were still out in the Buick well, taking Steve, a nap. Steve Giggle texted me, he goes, hey, what time are you going to start? And I was like, well, I don't know, we got plenty of time. Now, just before that Cowan match was a, a, was a, a, a pretty meaningful day in the season. It was a bit of a turning point in the season, in my opinion. We were there for the ACAC duels on Friday night. Everything seemed hunky-dory. Jay County was good. Adams Central was better than South Adams. South Adams beat Bluffton. Adams Central was rusty, just coming off football. That's their first match. And then we showed up to Huntington North, and gosh, it was like we got punched in the gut and then in the face and then in the you-know-where. We drug our tail home. We ended up, I ended up at Parkview Hospital <laughs> on US-24 not knowing whether Timo was ever going to walk again. Those were the, the, the thoughts that were running through our head. The judge went home. He could, we were supposed to go out to eat. The judge went home. He was so sick to his stomach. He went home and said, I'm done. I'm not going out. I, I've seen too much. See, it, it pays off to leave early. <laughs> I pays off. I left early, and I'm, I'm home. And I'm, I'm okay. And I get texts from Dane's like, ah, the wheels fell off the machine. They certainly did. Belmont suffered a, a, a defeat to East Noble on criteria. And then they lost to Norwell with all of that thrown in there. Austin's injury. Um, Henry having to go for a fall ends up suffering a loss. And then he meets up with Nate Elliott later on. They end up wrestling three times. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, that, that seemed kind of meaningless at the end, that Huntington North match. But I know for Henry it was a big deal. And just the, the attitude of the program heading into Friday night versus coming home on Saturday night, it was, it was, it was a, a bit of a punch in the gut for, for everybody, and it took a while for, for, for Belmont to get over that. But I still think back, and I wrote about this a lot in a month ago or so, but like if I look back on the entire season, I'm not sure that I find a more meaningful moment than the moment that Paul walked in with Daniel and... All he wanted to do was sit in the chair while 
Belmont was on the mat. And I, and I look back at it and how many people he got to talk to. And I, I said this back then and I'll say it again. I, I'm just so thankful that even though we lost Paul four weeks after that, that we had that opportunity to see him back at a wrestling match. Everybody on the team had a chance to give him a hug. We got some great pictures of the other coaches with Paul, and he just it felt like that's the one thing he wanted to accomplish after his surgery. Um, it was uh, it, it's by far the thing that will stick with me the most this season. Well, you want you're talking about the whole season. You talk about we've had some highs and we've had some really lows through the middle of our season. I mean, uh, it was we took some real blows, but I'm telling you right now, uh, thanks to the judge who uh, was very hospital this weekend, and the highlight of my weekend was speaking with his son, Henry, about the Fibonacci sequence. Fibonacci sequence. Uh, you wrestlers out there, look it up. That Henry boy, he's a, he's a smart one. Yeah. We, hey. we, we had other conversations about lots of other stuff. He probably left and was like, that's crazy, Dad. <laughs> After, uh, before we go to the end of our second period here, I want to tell you that the Fort Wrestling Facility at 1519 Goshen Road in Fort Wayne is building young wrestlers all across the Fort Wayne area, one practice at a time. I know Andy's really excited about some, uh, some clinics and some technicians that he's bringing in over the next few months. Join them for a live practice session or one of their upcoming camps at the Fort Wrestling facility. Check out the website today at thefortwrestling.com. I know Andy will have a boatload of young men and young girls at Warren Central here in a few weeks, and he'll be coaching them. I had my Fort Wrestling facility shirt on yesterday it's open to wrestlers seven years old through high school don't miss the chance actually that's not even accurate anymore it's open to seven years old to anybody that wants to show up on that one night where they got the old men coming in and wrestling that's a that's a, a quite a, a thing for him to throw out there i think lopshire is involved in that it doesn't it doesn't even sound appetizing <laughs> to me at all dane I'm, i i ache, i have aches and pains from 40 years you ago. don't think that you and jeff Ronzi would have some fun Going up there and wrestling on a mat? Yeah, yeah, because I outweigh him by 100 pounds. <laughs> okay. That would be the advantage that you'd have? Yeah. Um, they're focusing on technique, conditioning, and learning how to love the, sp- the sport of wrestling. The Fort Wrestling Facility building wrestlers in the fort. With that, I'm going to take a commercial break here and be back with more wrestling talk here on Hager Hershey's L High School Wrestling Weekly. Oh, if I could hit that button right there. Hi, this is Jessie from Heller Nursery in Decatur, Indiana. We are celebrating 75 years in business with three generations of Heller still working. During these winter months, we have a great selection of pottery and houseplants in our greenhouses. New shipments in weekly, and stay up to date with Heller Nursery on Facebook. Stop in at Heller Nursery for a breath of fresh air. Don't forget, Heller Nursery is open seven days a week, including Sundays. Check out hellernursery.com for our spring tree and shrub options. The staff at Haggard, Hershey, and Zelt Funeral Home is honored to serve the community we love and live in. Locally owned and operated by Ryan Hershey and Eric Zelt, we understand that each family we serve and each life lived tells a unique story. Our goal is to offer comfort, care, and dignity to all who entrust their loved ones to our care. We are proud to call Adams County our home and look forward to serving you for generations to come. DDD Maintenance and Repair, owned and operated by Shane Reynolds, has your local professionals for heavy-duty truck and diesel engine repair. DDD Maintenance and Repair also offers full-service sand and glass blasting for your surface restoration projects. 
Whether it's getting your heavy-duty truck and diesel engine running like new or sandblasting your project to look like new, we have a blast renewing the past. Give Shane and the guys a call at 260-223-5442. That's DDD Maintenance and Repair. Welcome back to Hager Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle. And, uh, Dane, I get to see Jason Cree twice today. I'm at uh, Sam's Club today, and he's hustling through there. He must have been short on something in the kitchen. He was hustling through, and I said, you need to hurry back. you got a show tonight. He said, yes, we do, and he took off right through there. So, well, Yeah, because his wife wasn't with him. Mine was shopping in the clothes section. I couldn't get her out of Sam's Club or Costco. We're continuing our look back on the 2022-23 season. On Tuesday, December 13th, we had a fun night because you and AJ went up to Snyder to see Belmont wrestle Snyder. Did you, you, and it can, was can, a... Can you rephrase that? We did not have a fun night. It was a horrible night in Belmont wrestling history. We drove up there to take a whipping. That It's like I told Keegan Martin, next time you leave the school, make sure everyone's on the bus. It was bad. They were missing a lot of guys. Uh, Mendez ends up almost getting his head knocked off by VZ, and Belmont suffers a loss that they really should have never got. It, Belmont should probably feel a little bit better. That's a team that qualified for 3A team state for this upcoming season. They're not a bad team. Don't we don't want to we don't want to to pretend like we're we're dogging on Snyder this year. They're going to have a good team next year too. But Belmont's full lineup this year beats Snyder. I'm pretty confident in that. And that although, was Sni- not the- although Snyder wrestled very well at the Fort Wayne Summit State, they had guys yes, they that did. just really com- were very competitive. Uh, and, and a young lady was very competitive. While you were nice. there, I was at Adam Central as they took on New Haven. And that was, a, that was a heck of a dual meet too. And of course, New Haven you know, suffered the loss of, of Juliana to Snyder. They lost a state qualifier and Josh Clark who would have been uh, a big addition for them at heavyweight, and uh, Coach Jimmy Lynn, uh, I think he took all of those 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 bumps, those road bumps in stride this year. And they the, the Bulldogs still had a pretty good season, and they were still wrestling on Saturday. And sometimes at the end of the day, you end up with at least one placer. You made it as far as everybody else, and you're still there. Coach Lynn looked a little tired when we saw him on Saturday. He was sleeping on the Apparently, Rex Brewer is not the only one that takes a nap on the hard floor, but uh, Jimmy was sleeping. I've come by and I was going to wake him up. I was like, no, he needs that rest. Yep. And then on, um, let's see, then the, one of my, another highlight of my year, riding up to Columbia City with the judge, we had a <laughs> heck of a time up there. Uh, Adam Central <laughs> wrestled against Columbia City, and we were pumped again this year to bring you what I would consider just about as full of coverage of Adam Central Wrestling as we could have brought you. Um, besides the conflicts with the other two county schools, we covered just about every tournament that they were in outside of that two-day 10-match uh, Super Duel that they wrestled all the way over there in Lafayette or wherever they were. That was the only one that we, that we really missed this year. So that was, that was a lot of fun too. And then that Saturday, I went down to Yorktown and checked out the – the Jets, as they took on Avon and McConaughey, and there were some good matches there. And McConaughey is going to be right up there the next couple of years as a 2A team state team. Saw a lot of guys from Avon this weekend. Ryu, Chef, all of those guys. They had a really good heavyweight that beat uh, Zach Worm also. And uh, that was a lot of fun to, to, to go down there and see that. And then we weren't there, but South Adams was down at Newcastle. And how about the Thrine kid from Newcastle? What a fun! That was, uh, to me, that was a highlight of the entire weekend. You know, a forty-something and O freshman that comes in and, and upsets the odds-on favorite. 
Uh, take, he, he's the one who took out Frazier in the semis as well, too. Yes, he was. That was that was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's good to see those schools of that size that haven't had a they, – they said that, what, Newcastle hadn't had a champ in 28 years? It's yeah. kind of hard, it's kind of hard to believe because they've had some really good guys. And they, they you know, when Peckinpah was there, they had guys that would come in with 50, 52, 54 wins. Mac Taylor would come in 50-0 every year. Yeah, and he, never, he was never able to win it. So really cool. That, and I love the interview. I actually uh, texted Greg Rakestraw last night. I said, that was the, the best set of interviews that you've done after matches. They were, all those kids were poised, and they gave legitimate answers to all of his questions, and I thought they were all really, really well phrased. But the Thrine kid had the most honest answer yeah. the entire night. What was your goal coming in? He said, I just wanted to place. Yeah. And uh, I think it's always good to see those stories because sometimes we fall into that rut of, and we talked about this earlier in the year, a conversation that Dobie had with, Tim Myers and Sean Farouk when Dobie wrestled Asa Garcia and went 4-3 to three or 4-2 to two or I don't remember what it was. And he's like, man, I was really close to him. And Tim and Sean both said, yeah, we've been trying to tell you that for four or five years. You're a good wrestler. Stop worrying about how good this kid is and just go out there and do your thing. And things like what happened to Thrine will occasionally happen to you. You know, Dan, you talked about the interviews and I can't talk about it because I tried to tell my family about it. I get a little bit choked up. But the interview with John Purdy afterwards – what 18-year-old kid comes off the mat and gives that speech, and the crowd was just silent. Yeah, it was and really it was cool. If, memorable. If, if you weren't listening to it, he just he, he, he asked Greg if he could say something, and he said, every one of you out there is a miracle that you're alive, and don't be ashamed of where you were born or what your last name was. Be proud of yourself. And he what said, a in, great message to send out to people. He said, in these crazy times, you know, we need to stick together. And it's like, I, I was speechless. And he's done. I was like, yeah. you know, what kid, after just winning state finals, he's got that in the back of mind. You don't just think of that on a fly. He knew all weekend long, I'm going to win a state championship. And when Greg Rakesaw interviews me, I'm going to make this that's statement to the world. And everybody's like, wow, that's, you know, that was very poised. I tell you, that was a very well-spoken young man. And he was a stud. It was, it was a lot of fun. Then uh, right before Christmas, we got into uh, Adam Central down in the hangar, and we saw a really good spirited dual meet. There was some shouting. There was some yelling. There was some pointing of fingers. Uh, there was an early exit by a fan. There, there was, but it was a lot of fun, and it's exactly like every Belmont Adam Central dual meet should be, and uh, I certainly enjoyed it. We were going to bring you some ECIC action, but if you, don't, if, if you don't remember that night, it was crazy on yeah. the way home. You and AJ were on air. I had the boys with me. I had dropped my wife off at dance, and she didn't even drive. She said, just, you just pick me up on the way home when the match is over. And then it was, it was ice, and it was – I'm trying to remember what the, what the weather was. It was high winds, wasn't yeah. it? So that took us into the Christmas break. And then, of course, we had the Al Smith seating meeting the night before, and we had a lot of fun. I hung out with the brides, but – not the judge. He was homesick. It was, it was awfully disappointing. But D- didn't have his we, vitamin C. That's okay. Jeff and I had a lot of fun. We sat at uh, this little uh, breakfast nook and we talked and talked and talked. Where our wives just kind of rolled their eyes and were like, "Are these guys ever going to stop talking?" <laughs> but uh, we had a lot of fun and you know, going to the Al Smith. I still can't believe that we went a year, that COVID year where they canceled it. It's just, it's just such a part of being a Belmont wrestling fan, and it was so much fun. And uh, we didn't come away with a champ this year. And, of course, we weren't in the team contention because Crown Point was there, and that's about all you need to 
Cathedral was there and Mishawaka and all those teams. But it was still a lot of fun, and we saw some good performances by, by some guys, Duke and Gavin, and Keegan finished in third place. And um, you know, we de- saw depend- a lot about Sam Wolpert that night. Depending on how old you are, Jeff had some great stories about Eddie Thomas, Billy Hinkledyer, uh, Mark McDonald, those guys. And those were guys that were, when I was refereeing, that, that was a stud team right there. And those, I tell you what, there's some stories. Those guys were pretty, and that, those were some tough Belmont wrestlers. And if you, if you guys were in that era and remember those guys, those guys were, they were tough. And uh, they, weren't, they weren't the most model citizens of all times. <laughs> They were bad boys. You talk boys. about bad boys. Those were some bad boys. But uh, I tell you what, they were, they were hard-nosed, and they, they won a lot of matches for the Braves. One of my favorite bouts from that tournament was the final, which ended up being replicated in the state finals, was Cruz versus VZ. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Dial Capone is going to win himself a state title. I don't know if he's going to win two or if he's going to win one, but uh, it's, it, it, it's coming, and I certainly was rooting for the kid. Of course, we talked a little bit. The only finalist from the Fort Wayne semi-state. But, uh, you know, after that first session, it was a rough first session. And sometimes it comes down to the draw. But the Fort Wayne big guys came through and exceeded what they were supposed to get, and they made up for it a little bit. And, and Fort Wayne was right there. But when it comes to top-notch wrestlers and guys who can reach the finals, Fort Wayne's not quite there yet. You know, the, the, the first seven weight classes, we took some lumps. We took some whippings down low. Number one, we didn't have a lot of Fort Wayne semi-state guys in there that we had confidence in, and they were dropping like flies, and we knew that uh, our Saturday morning was going to be pretty slim with that Friday afternoon uh, effort from the uh, Fort Wayne semi-state down in the first seven weight classes. Then as we turn the calendar... We had that match against Muncie Central, which was a lot of fun because uh, Coach uh, AJ is one of our best friends on this show, and he got the chance to bring his team up to Belmont, and we we talked to him. And then, of course, we had the really tough moment on that Friday. I I felt somewhat detached from the rest of the community as I headed down to Franklin, and and we heard of the news of of Coach Gunsett's passing. And the whole weekend kind of just gets rolled up into one to one ball. But, you know, Belmont came out. And won two matches at Jay County, and uh, I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. That had to have been one of the toughest weekends uh, that the program has ever faced. And um, I'll go back to a moment, and maybe this is too intimate to share on the radio, but I'll share it anyways because it still has stuck with me. Um, That Friday, we had found out that that Paul likely wasn't going to make it and that he was in the hospital and it was not, the outlook wasn't good. And I, like I usually do after school, I go and I sit and I wait for anything that Tim has for me to do. Uh, I, I want to hear what the plan is for practice. And it, it was just me and Tim and Sean and BJ in the coach's office. And, and Tim just kind of struggled with, well, what do I tell the boys? You know, how do, how do we approach this? And, you know, it, in a way, it's a reminder that Tim is also human, and sometimes, you know, Tim was such a great wrestler, um, and, and he's got this aura about him that he's just filled with confidence and all of these things, and it was, it was kind of cool to see Tim look at his old coach, BJ, and say, what do I say to these boys? Never thought that I was going to have to do this. I mean, at the beginning of the year, we were at, when we were at the, uh, the media day, you know, Paul didn't even have his diagnosis yet. Yeah. Who would have thought that we'd be sitting here today and Paul would be gone? And, and 
Tim just looked at him and, and, and asked BJ, what do I say? And BJ said, you got to tell him that Paul would want him to show up and wrestle tomorrow. And Tim clapped his hands, stood up, and went up and led practice. And uh, I, I gained a lot of respect for um, more than I already had for, for, for Tim and his leadership there because that was not an easy practice for him to run. You know, grown-up adults have trouble with it. You talk about 15, 16, 17-year-old kids struggling with it. I mean, it's like that really makes you grow up fast. And Some people have that in their life. Some people do not have to go through that in their life. But, uh, you know, going through it with your best friends sometimes may be better than nothing. Down at Franklin, we saw some great wrestling from Adams Central and from South Adams. South Adams did a great job to finish fifth. They showed a lot of heart. Adams Central had a couple of young men who got their butts handed to them in that semifinal against Cascade and took Tech Falls when they could have easily given up Falls. And Adams Central reached the finals. It was anticlimactic with the way things went with Tell City. But Adams Central really, you look back and they finished ahead of Rochester. Well, I'm glad you had fun because I broadcast one of the most vicious thrashings of a <laughs> Belmont team I've ever seen. You know, I wasn't at the uh, Belmont Modern uh, St. Ed's match years ago when John Kinson and I got a win. But, you know, you were going to send it back to me and said, this match is going to be over in five minutes. You sent the match back to me five minutes after the Belmont match had started and we'd been pinned six times. I'm thinking, we hurried back for this? This, this is, I mean, it was over fast. And there, it just shows how tough that Western team is. And I, I had lots of conversations with Coach Shepard uh, during the season after that. And uh, he said, you know, you get a team like that once in a while. He said, it's not every day. And he said, you know, we're going to be pretty good next year too. But, you know, everybody's got their ups and downs. I mean, and you as a coach look at my team this year and go, yeah, i got to really work to get harder. And then you think, I'm going to have a really good team. Or, yeah, we're going to have a couple more bad years that uh, we're going to have to really work to build a, a better team. And you, you can't win every match. Yeah, and even you look at what Jay County and Delta did leading up to that weekend. Jay County had an absolutely great start to the season. They beat Delta by a dozen or 15 or something, and they came in and they struggled with that Western team, and they just they were, they were on it that weekend for sure. And I think looking back on it, if you look at their whole team and the whole season that they had, Western was the best team in 2A the entire season long. Yeah. They were the deepest team. They had the, the, the best lineup, and they were certainly – the ones who showed up on, on that Saturday. I kept waiting for him to send a weak wrestler out, and he didn't send one out until <laughs> the match was all but over, and they sent out a freshman against Keegan Martin, and that, that young man was the only one that did not belong in that lineup. Now, you and I then got the chance to call Adam Central and Delta the week after. We had a nice interview after the match with uh, Coach LeCount, Coach Locke. Uh, give a shout-out to Coach Locke because I saw on the IHSAA Twitter feed this week that we are now – 40 years removed. The 40-year anniversary is today of Delta's championship in 1983, and he was part of, of that team. And then obviously that weekend, too, you and I were able to head down to Mooresville and take part in the girls' state tournament, and I'm just so thankful that we convinced our station owner to let us do that because it was kind of a wild idea for us to, to cover the entire state finals at once. Um, and to do it online the entire time. We, we, we butted up against the ACAC basketball tournament, but we went with a webcast, and I think that's opened some doors for us too because we saw what was possible. That was another long day, and it started off uh, with a fight with uh, the, half the fans, and we're, we're fighting for space. I'm thinking, I didn't drive all the way down here to have to fight, for, fight my way in, but I was, ready to, I was ready to throw down. I was ready to go. 
Yeah, that lady was not interested in... Uh, I don't care if you have radio equipment you're going to set up. My soda is going to sit right here. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was an interesting one. But how cool was the video at the state finals that they did with Gary Myers and with Robert and... Uh, Very well done. The way he talked in that interview, next year's the last year yeah. of it being like this. And then things are really, really going to change. And I wonder if the IHSAA isn't going to seize upon the opportunity that next year's a venue change for the boys' state finals, and then the following year they bring in the girls. What does that look like? I don't know. Here's, but I've heard multiple times. We've had, they have told us point blank multiple times that it is very likely that the girls and the boys are going to be wrestling in the same weekend in the same venue at the state finals. So what that looks like, I don't know whether it's a change of venue, whether it's anything. But uh, you know what? We've been a part of it, and I welcome it. I'm, I'm telling you, I've thrown it out there. You put in Lucas Oil Stadium. You get Lucas, you put down you know, eight mats down on the floor. Lucas Oil holds 65,000. You can put girls and boys in there, and you wouldn't even bat an eye at it. And one thing that we learned from going down there at Mooresville, and some people that haven't been involved in it, and, and I don't blame you if you haven't been involved in it and you don't understand there are just as many people there who are there to watch those girls as come to watch the specific boys. Yeah. The only thing that's missing is the Bruce Teamies. Irony, Bruce Teamy was there. He was there. Right. He walked and up and told us, hey, I'm here, boys. There aren't those diehard fans yet that are just for the girls, but you'd be surprised at how many people are willing to say, I don't care whether it's boys or girls. If this is a state finals in Indiana in high school – I want to be there. And I think by combining those, I think you can really catapult the sport up to where it should have been four or five years ago. You know, I, th I think Gary threw it out there during that video. Girls the year before, 365. Last year, 802. You know, you, know, you jump up 450 participants in one year, and he thinks next year they go to 1,200. You know, how could you not fill a big stadium for that state finals. And like you said, we've talked, regional state is not enough. Mm -hmm. you got to go sectional, regional, build it in, and, and bring more people in and run a little bit different because you cannot have that big of regionals if you're going to well, have you, 1,200 girls. And you've got to get the right girls to make it. And you can't have A and B brackets and, and yeah. not have the wrestlebacks and, and be able to get it there. Hey, one of the other really cool things that we did this year, and we talked about it a couple times this weekend, is um, the, the sponsorship by 8th Street Oil for the eight takedowns get you a, a free oil change. And we handed out several of those. Jeff got one, right? And uh, we got them that certificate a, a week or two ago. You weren't partial to give your mom and dad one either, were you? D did we? Yeah, I think you did. They did get one. Yeah, did. Well, you got you to show up and be here. It's not, right? who you, it's not who you know. It's being here at the right time. But if you're looking to keep your car in tip-top shape without breaking the bank, call Johnny at A Street Oil, the most flexible mechanic when it comes to what do you need and when do you need it uh today i called him and i said hey i've got to have my car because i told you i left it there to get an oil change while i was gone i gotta have my car today he said i'll meet you there i'll get you the keys you can come pay your bill on monday you know how many people are going to do that for you that's the kind of personal service that you get at a street oil with with johnny and uh we certainly appreciate his sponsorship and his association with our show and with high school wrestling this winter. You know, we, we're not talking about Team Mantra right now, but last for our last show, I showed up, and I'd went over and picked up some new swag, and they have that big rack of T-shirts there, and it says, take a T-shirt for being a 
I grabbed one, and uh, Beth, our server, usually on Monday nights, we come in here. She was in and said, you want a T-shirt? So she's a proud owner of a free Montour team shirt that uh, I brought back. And uh, it, we're going to have to do more giveaways like that. Uh, uh, Rex has funded a few too many shirts that I gave. <laughs> I gave away way, way too many shirts and didn't sell enough of them. But, uh, you know, when we become rich and famous, I can give away shirts, I guess. Well, we're halfway there, Rex. Well, we're famous but not rich. So with that, let's send it into the next segment. We'll back to uh, the wrap-up, the first radio section right after these messages on Haggard Hershey's Hill High School Wrestling Weekly. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday, where you get the best savings. Come on, guys. It's where your friends shop. Decatur Package Liquors, with the best service and variety in town, now with locations in Monroe, Burn, and Markle. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval, and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best. Paul Baker Drywall. Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur is hands down the best auto body repair shop in the Midwest. That's why your friends and neighbors give Bowers Paint Studio a five-star rating on Facebook. Your family ride get dinged in an accident? Take it to Bowers for a free estimate. Need a custom paint job for your collectible car or motorcycle? Bowers Paint Studio is the place to go. Nate works with all the insurance companies and can help you get a loaner. That's Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur. Welcome back to Hager Hershey's L High School Wrestling Weekly. And uh, as we neared the end of the first segments of the show before we head into the podcast, as always, Dane has the little black book out and he's going to tell us what's happening on sports here in WZBD this week. Well, tomorrow night you'll be able to hear Matt Painter's comments on what was uh, an up-and-down week for the Purdue Boilermakers, but they played well at home to, uh, this afternoon against Ohio State. Listen to that at 6.05 tomorrow. On Tuesday we will have high school basketball between Bishop Dwenger and the Belmont Braves. Matt Conversay and Luke Coning on the call. Then on Wednesday it's another edition of Radio Auction, and if you did not listen last week to Radio Auction, I urge you to listen again if you do any shopping at manly meats have that phone number handy because they've got all kinds of discounted manly meats Um, and uh, if you're down in the southern part of the county if you like coon's den pizza then you're a normal person if you don't then we don't want you listening to wzbd (laughs) because it's the best pizza uh, on the uh, south side of the county. I didn't tune in for the whole thing. Did uh, Steve's Uncle Frank and Uncle App show up? They did, and there was a lot of Beatles talk. Did okay. you know that the, they made a documentary of the documentary of the Beatles? Yes. And then they made a coffee book of the documentary of the documentary That Steve's of just the full of information. He's full of, Steve's full of a lot of stuff, <laughs> information mostly. And then on Thursday, we've got the Pacers as they take on the Celtics. That's a 6.30 pregame. On Friday... We are going to be bringing you, I believe, the South Adams game. We're going to have a quick uh, change of schedule there because if you want to listen to Belmont and Jay County, you can listen on PGW, but I believe South Adams plays um, Eastbrook 
It's going to be the first game back in the Stardom with a new gym floor as they test it out before sectional the following week. So You know, that's a big hassle, but I think if they want a new gym floor, somebody just turned on the faucet in there and let that go. Just let it go. Oh, well, hey, this will show them. On Saturday, then, we've got the Basketball Coaches Show for the final time this year with Matt Conversate live from the West End Restaurant back at its regular time at 8 a.m. And then we've got the big one. He didn't have us pushing him off the radio. We've got the Hoosiers and the Boilers. Um, pre-game starts at 6.30 with the Kahlua Rum pre-game with our buddy Bobby Buckets. And the tip-off there is 7.30. And then next Monday, we've got Radio Auction. And then, of course, we've got... Boys basketball sectional action will have a broadcast on Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and let's hope on Saturday. So I'd like to thank Steve for running aboard for us tonight. I'd like to thank Dave Nathan for uh, getting the podcast up. And uh, he was Johnny on the spot on it the other day right after our show. Uh, we got off the air about noon, and he turned around and put it right back up. Uh, I don't look for that uh, same service this week since it's a uh, since he doesn't have as much time uh, since we're on the air on Sunday night. But uh, we do appreciate that, and I'd like to thank all of our fine sponsors. And uh, as we get ready to go into the podcast, uh, tune in next fall, Halloween time probably, We're, we're going to get some off-season pods in. Yeah, we are. We're going to get some in we, we had some requests. A lot of people said, hey, you going to do this during the, week, during the summer? And yeah, we might. We might slip into it. We will. So with that, we're going to sign off, and we're going into the podcast now. So thanks for tuning in to the Hager Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly on WZBD. All right, Steve, we're to the pod. We're just going to keep going, extending on we, our We our are. Now, we, we need to make sure that we, tell, that we tell people that if you make ex, as much money as Rex Brewer and you need somebody to manage all your money, Jackson Associates <laughs> is the place to do that, whether it's buying stocks and bonds or mutual funds and IRAs, all of those types of things. Check out Jackson Associates, 954 Industrial Drive in Portland, a big supporter of our show and our coverage of local high school wrestling. A mason jar buried in the backyard is not the best that investment? That is apparently not what's recommended huh. anymore huh. by the experts. Okay. Just make sure you tell somebody where it's at eventually. So so we're going back through our review of the season, and we were just talking about girls' state, and um, you know, a lot of things stick out to me about that trip. Not just the time we spent in the car together and the breakfast. No, not the breakfast burrito. The roller. What was that thing? Roller dogs. Yeah, the roller dog that you had. Uh, Alani Davis was a four-time state champ. That was a lot of fun. We saw some great wrestling at 106 with um, Joy Cantu and Heather Crawl and Juliana Ocampo. We saw some really good wrestling from some of the some of the bigger girls too. We saw Mallory Winter win a second state title, and we got to hang out with our buddy Nat Wood. And just overall, it was a heck of a way to spend a Friday. It was quite a sacrifice on our time when it came to time and having to drive all the way down to Mooresville, but. I, it was well worth it. I'm glad that we did it. We re rolled into my house about midnight, one twelve thirty, something like that. It was a, it was a pretty late night, but uh, we've done it before. But how about that hospitality room food that we had for supper? Kicked hind end. It sure did. That's right. We uh, then came back, and uh, one of the cooler things that I think WZBD's ever done, and it was very fitting uh, when Paul's funeral was on that Monday. It was broadcast live on WZBD, and I think that says a lot about the symbiosis between Belmont Wrestling and WZBD as a radio station. They, uh, you know, for, 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 for Paul's final message to be broadcast over the airwaves like so many of his matches were and, 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 and things that he did through coaching, it was, it was really cool. Let's back it up to Sunday night to our show. Yes. After thousands of people, you know, 
strolled through Belmont High School. Uh, some waited hours to get there. And then they all trickled in here, and Jason had one of his uh, biggest evenings ever on a Hager Hershey Zeld High School Wrestling Weekly. And uh, this place was packed, and uh, I don't know what time he shoved them out the door, but uh, it was full of wrestlers. It was full of wrestling fans. Uh, a lot of guys I had not seen in a long time. Um, we just pretty much went open mic, and we, I hooked up four headsets, and the guys come up here and talked. Um, I listened to that podcast afterward, and uh, there was so many guys that came in and talked and told stories. Uh, the Kent's boys had great stories that they that they told about and everything was happy it was a it was a joyful evening for the most part because everybody's looking forward and talking about you know celebration of life but then you know that whole week you know we just had the team state and i patted jim hopkins on the back and went it up and headed up to uh the you know the crow's nest to start broadcasting again i go on business travel on tuesday and dane sends me a text you know hey in case anybody didn't tell you hop passed away it's like we telling me, man. We we knew we were going to have Paul stuff in the weekend, and and Blues Hop too, and and that to me, you know, because Hop was the guy that uh, broadcast or you know newspaper print, you know, took all of my career and made it uh, seem really special to me. You know, to me that was as big a loss because Hop was the era of my career. Yeah, well, certainly you can't talk about Belmont wrestling. And, and, and the, the legends that have been born, you know, it was, and it, I, I guess maybe it was fitting that they, that they went so close together because, you know, that was right in the heart of a Belmont back-to-back team state titles, Paul winning an individual title. I mean, that catapulted Jim's coverage of high school wrestling, and it set the stage for, you know, no matter what Belmont does for the next 30 years, I'm going to write it like it's 1987 and 1988, and he did that. He was recognized by the Coaches Association Hall of Fame for it on multiple occasions. And, yeah, that was definitely a tough one um, because he was still a big fan. He, 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 he still followed. He listened to this show. Um, he, would, he would keep in touch with former wrestlers and, and dads and coaches. And, obviously, I mean, it says a lot. He was there, at, like you said. He was there at Jay County. He wanted to be a part of the program, and uh, just a, just a big loss for this community. You know, I think I think John Kins kind of said it. He said part of it, but that like when and I wrestled back in the mid to late '70s. You know, we thought we were pretty good. I think the only reason we thought we were pretty good because Jim Hopkins told us we were good, and all the news stories. And I'm thinking, man, we must be really good. Look at all these news stories we get printed on us. You go to other kids, they don't get time in a newspaper. They don't get their picture in a paper. At the end of the season, they don't get a big stack of negatives that they can get pictures of a guy's taking hundreds of photos of you wrestling a year. And I, maybe weren't, we weren't that good, but uh, Jim just made us think we were good. Well, I can tell you from being in the guts and the, the hallways of Gainbridge this weekend, I saw a lot of conversations between journalists and head coaches who had never spoken to each other prior to that moment, right? Oh, a wrestler qualified for state? I'll go watch wrestling this weekend type of thing. And obviously for Jim, it was the exact opposite because um, he was there. He knew the ins and outs of all of it. And one of the cool things for Jim, if you ever read any of his columns from the beginning, and I read a lot of them through microfilm, he's a self-proclaimed, yeah, I don't know that much about the sport, but but he, he... he put work into it. He, he put work into learning the ins and outs and talking to people and understanding the context of it. 
anybody can write a story or read a story about what happened, but tell me why it's important. And I think that's one of the things that Jim did so well was he, he, he identified what the context was and why you should pay attention to what's going to happen and, and what this is going to mean so that when you show up to the wrestling match, you're well-informed and you know. And Eric Myers has talked about this so many times, but the preview, the preview article of the dual meet was something that he basically created in Indiana. Nobody else did that. Nobody else put this team's lineup against this team's lineup and found their records and their grades and then told you why these bouts were going to be important. Now, the bouts didn't always happen because coaches shuffle their lineups, but people came into matches, and, you know, I, I saw it growing up. Those guys, some of those diehards, they would show up with the Democrat in their hand. <laughs> folded so that that lineup was visible to them long before Tim Myers came up with the idea. Why don't we have a program that tells us that yeah. information? And, uh, and uh, one of the reasons why Tim came up with that format was because Jim retired from the Democrat and stopped creating those preview articles. So people would come to the matches and they wouldn't know anything about this team because it wasn't the Democrat anymore. You know, uh, one of the breaks uh, at state finals I'd been doing the state finals probably four or five years, and a group of guys are getting ready to go out. It was Jim Hopkins, Steve Craw, and who's the other guy from Elkhart, South Bend area? There's, there's uh, Steve Craw the one that I remember. And there's another guy that's always with him, and Hopkins and AJ and I, we went over to the Jewish Deli. Um, I just lost the name of it. But uh, we went over there and had lunch, and these guys talking sports and they're big wrestling guys. They're sports writers, but they were big wrestling guys, and they lived for the state finals. And that was an interesting conversation with the, those guys. Uh. Yeah, and then, you know, we can parlay that talk into uh, my experience from this week. And I, I had a couple of friends with me, Jamie and Sarah, who had gone to the state finals lots and lots of times, but more as parents and more as fans. And they got to see the 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 – the geeky nerdy side of it because we hung out with Joe, that's you. And, with Joe and Mike and, you know, me being a big, a big geek anyways. But, uh, you know, we don't appreciate those types of people enough. I don't think the Indiana Matt type people, the Mike risers, because that kind of information never existed. You, yeah. you knew a guy was from Seymour and you saw his record. That's all you knew about him. If you hadn't seen him wrestled the year before, you wouldn't know anything about him. Now everybody knows everything. Yeah, hey, you see how many of those geeks did you see this weekend out in the hallway with their phone and they're on in and mat and they're scrolling and looking for records and rankings and stuff. Before I forget it, Shapiro's Deli. Shapiro's that's Deli. It, Some of the greatest food in downtown Indianapolis you'll ever want to get. You know, you walk through and they had cake that was like 12 layers high. And it was just, you know, phenomenal place and it's historical downtown Indianapolis. Well, as we wrap up our, our, our review of the season, there was a really meaningful dual meet that we broadcast on January 17th when Adam, or when Adam Central, when Belmont wrestled Carroll because uh, Ken Webb was in attendance and uh, Tim took the really nice step of handing out those hats. Of course, we were talking about the circumstances and, you know, you can't predict what happens. But Tim had come up with this idea before Paul passed and the, the hats didn't come in in time. And, and, and so there was that moment where Daniel accepted Paul's gift. It was really, really meaningful. If you're not a fan or if you don't follow the middle school team, Daniel's doing a lot of work with Luke Binniger and Randy Baker and Paul Rubel and Ben Farrow with the middle school team right now. 
and, and Belmont Wrestling's in good hands with those guys. But Daniel's doing a lot of work, and he's the embodiment of, of Paul's spirit now that he's gone and, 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 and putting in that work. So that was really, really cool. Getting to talk to Ken Webb, nothing but good things to say about Belmont in his short time here. That was really cool. And, you know, for AJ, I, I was really – that was a fun moment for him. I, I congratulated him. I know that it meant a lot to him. You know, he, he deserves a lot of credit for what, for what Belmont has, has been able to accomplish. And, and unfortunately, Denny Hayes wasn't there. But, uh, you know, you look back at, at where Belmont was and what Belmont's become. And you talked to – you were laughing about Mike Gable. Talk about how much respect he had for Belmont. <laughs> Why would he have respect for us? They beat the dog snot out of us. <laughs> but that's looking back at to, to some of the things that, uh, that, that AJ and Ken and, and, and Gary were able to do in the early going – um, one of my favorite AJ moments from this entire season was when he reminisced about when they first went down to some Bloomington tournament. Because uh, I asked him about what was the, the first time they went to some big tournament before Mishawaka existed. What, where, where did you go? What did you, what did you see? How did you find different guys from around the state? And he started telling all these stories, and Bruce Teamy backed him up about the Bloomington 8-way that they used to go yeah, to. Yeah, we, we were stressed on that. And, and the bus rides and the stories that were there, and, and that was certainly a lot of fun and one of my favorite moments from, from this year's Al Smith. Then we had that weekend where we did the conference tournaments. We had a lot of fun at Woodland. Um, you know, we... I always saw, like how you say we had a lot of fun, but to me <laughs> it was, we were on the air a long time. A, it was late a, at night. You've got to be positive. You've got to be positive <laughs> about these things. We saw Jay County flex their muscles, but we saw some good things from some guys. And we saw some guys show a lot of heart. We talked about this last week. Logan Allman never won an ACAC tournament, but he was a three-time state qualifier. He was a state medalist. Zach Worm, he got his butt handed to him by Juan Cruz. Was Juan Cruz at state? Nope. Nope. Zach Worm was. And I think that resilience that gets built in with – coaching staffs, being able to give kids that outlook and say, listen, this is just the ACAC. This is not the end goal. Same thing at sectional. I was just looking at Matt Irwin's all-time uh, wins and loss record, and it reminded me of the fact that he beat Randy Gerber at sectional. And when you look at the final placements from that year, is Matt Irwin's name on there? No. Randy Gerber made the semifinals. Nick May made the finals because the next week Randy Gerber came back and he beat Matt Irwin at regional. And it kicked Matt into Nick May's quarter bracket at semi-state and Matt didn't get to go. And then he finished, you know, second and third and first and would have been a four-time state placer likely if the draw would have been different. But, like, those are the things that coaches need to remember when they talk to their kids. Jackson Bradley got beat at that sectional by that Stoffel kid. Yeah. Jackson Bradley had a state medal. You, you, you have to temper your expectations week after week. Just because you lose one week doesn't mean that you can't come back and, and win it the next week. You know, maybe, maybe it's a discussion for a different time, but uh, I've had a good relationship with Tony Abbott for a long time, and we were talking down there. And, you know, a lot of times with the Jay County Regional, he likes to come up there and sit and talk to us before it comes on because he doesn't like all that stuff that has to go on before it starts. And I was talking to him on the Florida State Finals, and, you know, he was talking about he and Casey Bradler standing right there, and they're talking about coaching their kids. And they said, coaching's hard. Coaching your kids is really hard. And Casey Bradley came over and he said, 
that's something I didn't think would be as hard as it was. He said, it's really hard. He said, you know, it's, it's hard to spin the dad hat around and put the coach hat on. And, and, and like Tony said, he said he could coach Toby one way. He said he can't coach Levi that way. He said there's two different kids out there. And he said you've got to coach them different. And if you've got 14 kids in weight class, you can't coach them all the same. they all got different personalities. You can push some hard and some of them you can't push hard. I got a kick out of Paul Maldonado yesterday. He was talking about Maravelle and he was talking about David and the way he coaches. And he said that uh, on their staff, David is the one. He's he's the he's the Paul Gunson. David doesn't worry about the emotions. They got other coaches for that. It'll tell them to to build them up or to put them down. David's ready to tell you as soon as you're ready to listen what you did wrong. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if your season's over or whether you got another match to go that day. David's a guy who can coach from the chair and be that technician who's able to give advice that works in an instant. You need to be able to do that. Or he can remember that and then, and then take you aside. And not every coach can do that. But you talk about coaching sons. Uh, one of the, the things that, I, that, that sticks out to me the most about yesterday was Isaiah Schaefer in that big match against uh, Ashton Jackson. They get an overtime and Isaiah isn't looking at Greg for advice almost. He's looking over at Blake, who's over where the, the cameramen are. And he's talking to him. And I think that says a lot about sometimes dad trumps coach because you're right. It, it, it's very, very difficult to coach your son. And, you know, you, it was very evident to me how big of an impact that Blake Maurer and Matt Coughlin have. Matt, if you didn't notice him, he was in an IU polo um, in the near table to where we were sitting. And, man, did he have his hands in a lot of matches, not just modern-day kids, but kids from all over that Evansville region as he tried to coach them up. And, you know, we talk about the fort and we talk about Madman, but, like, Mauer Coughlin, they have a big impact on some of those Evansville guys. And I'm not talking about Evansville semi-state guys. I'm talking about Evansville down in that corner, guys. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of minds to be able to be put together and – it just doesn't happen on its own. You know, we saw something in that match, and when they tried to do it, I said, I don't think he can do that. It was that overtime match, and Schaefer had to go down. He said, I want to go neutral, and he said, you have to go down. And he looked, and he was looking at his dad. you got to go down. And he was looking. Like he says, take up, take up. And he said, and finally a fisher went over and checked. Somebody said, he's got to take down, doesn't he? And he said, yeah, he does. He has to you got to take down. And he's like, okay, I'll take down. And now we saw it later when it was a guy's choice. And the guy was down. The top guy says, "I'm going to put him up." Yeah. Now you can do that. Yes. But the guy has to go in a down position. So I don't waste three seconds letting you go. Yeah. And, and so it's different. But uh, he was convinced that I'm going to take neutral. No, you can't. You have to start down. Interesting. Then of course, through the rest of the uh, the weekends, we had sectional and regional and, and semi-state, and we saw uh, Logan Ullman wrestle Tony Wood. You know, four weeks in a row, and uh, I had some really cool interactions with Logan the last two weeks as he talked about those losses to Tony Wood making him stronger. The fact that he wrestled Landon Birch all year long last year, couldn't beat Landon Birch, couldn't beat Landon Birch, and Birch lost on Friday night and Logan won, and he got himself a medal, and he just said that was just further proof that until you're in a position to be eliminated uh, and, and, and your season's on the line, y you can always come back and, and you can redeem yourself. And if you don't give up... Um, there, there's something to be said about that. And Tony Curry said the same thing. When, when, when Logan's career
career or his season or whatever was on the line, he showed up. And <laughs> Tony laughed a couple times. He said, you know, he had a couple hot dog moments earlier in his career in December and in January. But when it came down to it, uh, when he had a chance to be eliminated, Logan didn't lose a whole lot of matches. And uh, I'll give Logan a shout-out because I talked to him yesterday on his way out uh, when it was all said and done after the finals. And uh, he was very appreciative of the work that we do here on the radio and uh, some of the writing in The Democrat, and that really stuck with me as the, the, the last conversation that I had with him as a high school wrestler instead of a graduate was uh, I think he had some perspective that uh, he accomplished a lot in his career. And if you, take, if you take the six or eight weeks that he missed sophomore or junior year when he wasn't eligible to wrestle and you give him 15, 20 wins, he's top three or four all time. He's a three-time state qualifier. And uh, someone who was always in matches always there's a couple times he got pinned in the third period but he wrestled some really good guys in his career and it wasn't a guy who was going to get tech fault or, or or anything like that with some of those guys we saw at the semi-state finals with tony wood it was three two yeah it was it was a one-point match and obviously tony wood a, a a medalist you know we're not we're not done yet but uh we never get to play these last two commercials since we're in the podcast but i'm going to play these so make sure that our all of our sponsors get their due even in the podcast. We'll be back at the final segment here on the podcast here on Haggard Hershey's Eld High School Wrestling Weekly. Brad Weber proudly supports the WZBD Wrestling Coaches Show. He also supports youth football in Adams County as a board member of the Decatur Football League and president of Belmont Cadet Football, giving our youth the chance to learn the great game of football. Some of the best football players in our area have also been fantastic wrestlers. That's why famous coaches like Joe Gibbs and John Madden always wanted wrestlers on their team. Find out more about youth football opportunities by giving Brad a call at 452-7045 or email bw at bradweberlaw.com. Hi, this is Jessie from Heller Nursery in Decatur, Indiana. We are celebrating 75 years in business with three generations of Heller still working. During these winter months, we have a great selection of pottery and houseplants in our greenhouses. New shipments in weekly and stay up to date with Heller Nursery on Facebook. Stop in at Heller Nursery for a breath of fresh air. Don't forget, Heller Nursery is open seven days a week, including Sundays. Check out hellernursery.com for our spring tree and shrub options. Welcome back to Hager Hershey's Eld High School Wrestling Wrestling Weekly. And Dana, you were not on the air with AJ and I, but uh, you know, hearing Jesse Heller and her ad, uh, my chuckle, my my one I got on AJ this weekend. He's reading an ad that was a week old, and it said, "If you want to get your sweetie something for Valentine's, they get out to Heller Nursery." And I, and the commercial's over, and I said, "If you're going to get that Valentine's sweetie, get something really good because you missed it." And he looks just like. Wow, that was last week, wasn't it? My, my bad. He goes, well, maybe an Easter gift or something. But uh, it was, you know, pays to keep your commercials up to date, I guess. Uh, they're not joking when they say that there are three generations still working because nobody works harder than John Heller. And Jesse puts in a ton of hours. And Mary is still there uh, every day doing they probably, the job. They probably got 5,000 Easter lilies out there now. Yeah. So check them out for uh, all of your needs as you get ready for the spring. Obviously, that's the... That's the place to be. So uh, other things that uh, in the state finals this weekend, I, I saw lots of people out in the hallways, uh, talked to lots of people. I, I stopped into the uh, the ref officials' room a couple of times and talked to those guys. And 
I, I appreciate the fact that those those guys still remember me as official. Most kids these days don't. This is my 19th season on the radio, and it's like a lot of those kids, kids that are wrestling today, were not born when I still officiated. You know, but a lot yeah, of but you, you still got us into the to the the back alleys and the. We're not sure if we're allowed to say where we went. Well, the speakeasy underneath. Now that's there. what I called it. But uh, I tell you what. It was our my officiating buddies that got us in the door. If it wasn't I for our it was buddies, my sport coat. No, if it wasn't for Kurt Crouch uh, and uh, his buddy Troy, I uh, can't remember Troy's last name, got us into the building because he just happened to show up and was like, we know him, and he's like, you take him, and we went, or else our, our show on Friday would not have happened. It's probably true. Yeah. You know, interesting, Kurt was there, and he was one of the official, um, like the superintendent officials, and uh, this next weekend he's working at State Finals in South Carolina. So he's uh, jumping back and forth. And I tell you what, watching the matches, he and uh, Troy, there were some calls that made, and those guys were right there. And if a coaches started to get something, they were on the mat, and they were, they were refereeing the match between the coach and the referee. And I, I thought Kurt and uh, Troy did great work on the mat solving things. I think overall the officiating was great this weekend. I think that the, the most controversial things that happened were – Boom, boom, judgment call, takedowns that were a combination of inbounds, out-of-bounds, buzzer. You know, those come down to judgment calls. There's no, you know, singular moment where all of a sudden you gain control. You just, you know it when you see it. And it, 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 sometimes it just comes down to when that towel guy hits you, whether that towel guy is a half second ahead or whether he's a half second behind. But overall... I think there were less boos this year in the arena than ever before. The biggest boos were the 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 spotlights. Yeah. At the beginning of the finals when none of us could see what was going on, but No, I tell you what, uh, I was down we were down in that room and I was talking to um oh, Miller, um Michael, Michael Miller, and he's out of our area and he had a call or he assisted call when Caden Lone got that takedown right into the mat. Uh, and he he kudos to, kudos to Rod Lone who sent Nate over there immediately and said no you got to go ask them yeah so I tell you what I told him I said I'm going to tell you right now people dog on officials but I tell you what you did what you needed to do you had the angle on it and he said you know what he said I, I appreciate that you know Tyrone always asks us hey how do you think it did but Mike says when it happened he said. Um, Tim Welch did not have a good angle on it. And he said, I saw it. And he said, I thought to myself, I know what I'm going to call. If he comes and asks me, I've got my mind made up and I know what I'm going to do. And I said, that's what you have to do. You can't just all of a sudden, it's like, oh, gee, what did I see? You have to be ready to make that assistant call. When he came over and asked him, he said, I saw the both top half of them, four points inbounds. He said, I was ready to make that call. If he wouldn't have come, come and asked me, I just keep my arms crossed and I don't do anything. He came and asked me and the right call was made. And I said, I'm glad you made the right call. Because when the, the kid that he was wrestling was upset because he lost a call, they come back, they blow the whistle, and Lone instantly comes in and takes him down. So he went from being deflated because he got a bad call he thought against him, which I thought was the right call, and then wasn't ready, and they blow the whistle, and he gets taken down. So he goes from being ahead to losing in about three seconds. Well, I'll tell you what. I have known I – have, I, I've watched Northwood enough and had enough conversations with people Rod Lone's a pretty brilliant guy when it comes to wrestling. Rod was sitting down watching his son, as we talked about earlier, which is not easy. And he was so engrossed in it that after the call was made, I don't think Rod even understood 
oh, he didn't actually give him a takedown there. Like he was so into the moment, what he was trying to tell his son. And he looked at the scoreboard and he looked back and he said two words to Nate. And Nate looked at him and went, okay. And Nate walked over to the table, talked to the official, to Tim, who went straight to Michael. And like you said, that's exactly how I recall it too. Michael took two seconds and said, yep, he was in. The worst thing you can do is not know what you're going to say when that guy comes to ask you the question. And then you're like, oh, let me see. I think, what happened? What is the situation? And then you're guessing the whole time. But he knew what he was going to call as soon as it happened. And it's not in that you need to be reminded, if you're a fan who's yelling at officials all the time, to have that kind of focus and not be worried about anything else, right? You go the whole day there. You don't have your cell phone in your pocket. You don't have your wallet. You don't have your car keys. You're not worried about anything else. Your job that day, the whole time that you're that, that wrestling's going on, is to be paying attention exactly what you're seeing. Even if you don't even get asked for help as a second official, you've got to be ready to make that split second decision. No, you talk about Tanner Bowman. He thought he might swing by here. He's if he listens to the pod, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the business on this because there was a match. Uh, Braxton Miller's wrestling might have been the semis when he when he got beat or the when he was wrestling back in that second round, consolation round, <laughs> there was a call that was made, and he started heading to the bench, and he got about halfway there, and he thought, I'm not going to win this argument, and he turned <laughs> and went back to the corner. So it's like, he was like, yeah. He said, what's, what's right to do for the match? Are you going to slow, slow it down, or are you going to let the momentum keep going, let your, let your kid keep in the moment, or are you going to come and argue a point that you don't think you're going to win anyways? And he kind of... And he went back to send, and that's what coaches have to do. You pick your battles, and you figure out which ones you think you win, which ones you think you aren't going to win, and you, you realize, yeah, that call is probably the right call, and I'm not going to take anybody's time wasting it. Yeah, I thought the, I thought the officiating overall was, was really, really good. And I think for the most part, everybody behaved themselves. There were a couple of celebratory moments where guys got hit with unsportsmanlike, but, you know, in the Team State Tournament, we all knew Center uh, uh, Crown Point was going to win. Yeah. The the one kid I, I'm I'm thinking it was Center Grove. Who pulled off an upset? He threw his headgear in the air. He didn't care. He didn't yeah. care. He was going to get knocked a team point. He just knocked off. I think it was a defending state champ or something. And and you know, it's fun to see those kids' celebrations. And I know one of the problems is it's on TV, and they have a hard time. They want to keep a, a a schedule, but you know. How valuable is that picture of John Sheets and B.J. Froat's arms after John won? Those are the moments that matter. Um, the throw maybe was a little bit excessive that the kid did when he th- when he threw his coach. But, like, anybody who's not involved in it directly probably doesn't understand just how much time a coach spends with a kid who's a state champ and how much physical contact there is between the two kids and how much that coach goes home and ices his knee or his shoulder because he takes a licking from that state champ. Like, you've got to allow kids to just be kids and celebrate those moments. And, I, you know, whether they want to do a backflip or whether they want to scream or whether they want to run around and celebrate it, I, I think the more we can let kids be kids, they're competitors. They just They just went through something grueling. Let them have a little bit of time. How to, many to opportunities are you going to get to have that? You may never get that opportunity in your lifetime again. Marshall Fishback, state champion from last year, his big emotional statement that 
couldn't be aired on ISWA Network because of what he said. He makes the cover. Yeah, it was. Here's Marshall. It was everywhere. Here he is. And that, that that's his moment. You know, a kid that wasn't supposed to be a real wrestler. I mean, Clint Gard tells us about the story about it. And, I mean, Clint has a real good touching story about Marshall losing his dad, I think, and about other stuff. And here's the kid. He's on the cover. You don't make the cover every year. And I saw Marshall out in the hallway, walking the hallways. I looked at him. I was like, he didn't look nowhere near. He looked like he lost 50 pounds. He was sitting over next to uh, Matthew Seaman Rowe. Uh, on Saturday, and I guess some guy screamed from the upper deck. He said, hey, you! Fishback Turner. He guy had his program. Is this you? <laughs> and he laughed. He said, yep, that's me. <laughs> but uh, it's cool to go. When you go to the state finals and you know enough people and you, 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 you walk around and there's a, there's a state champ in the line at Chick-fil-A and there's a state champ on the floor coaching another state champ and there's a state champ getting a snow cone with his two-year-old son and um, the wrestling community is unique and I think a lot of the complaints that we had this weekend a lot of the things that we got passionate about we wanted to complain about all of that's because high school wrestling is unique in Indiana compared to all the other sports people care Jeff Bright cares about the spotlights on the mat for the finals he don't know anything about the kids who's wrestling at 106 but he cares that that moment should be just as special as it was 30 years ago. You know, and how are we going to get used to it next year when it's not going to be there? Now, I took, I took a delivery upon myself. I sent a text to the commissioner, and I told him, Good evening, sir. This is Rex Brewer. It's our final show on this, of the season. Is there any news about the location of next year's finals you can give me? If you'd like to call in, you're more than welcome to. And I'd like to say that I got a response back that says it's in Fort Wayne. I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. There were no drums. We appreciate the drums by the judge, but there were no. There's no drum roll, please. So we'll wait to hear what that is, and maybe we'll have to make that our first off-season pod. Yeah, we'll talk about the selection of the state, and uh, we'll give him two weeks know, to figure it out. We don't have to do it here at the Double Eagle. We could just simply you call me or I call you, and we have the equipment. And we we move on from there. So, Rex, it's been a great season. I absolutely adore every moment that we have sitting at this table talking about all the things that we do um i i love all of the matches that we got to call we had so much fun this year talking about uh from the girls state finals to team state finals to all the emotions that went through it i absolutely look forward to next season from next season's media day in october to the state finals in elwood i don't know where they're going to be <laughs> But uh, I'm looking forward to it, and we've got some great storylines heading into next year. We've got returning state qualifiers. We've got a returning state placer. We very likely, again, have three team state teams here in Adams County, and uh, it's going to be another great season next year. You know, I, I noticed that the hat that you have turned around backward has an adjustable band on it, so it can be made larger. But uh, you and I talked on Friday morning about the team score in a team race, and you said you did some calculations, and you said you still had Crown Point winning by 40. I did the math. I just looked at it, 167 to 131, 36 points. You missed by four. I don't think that's a bad guess. What do you think, crowd? Good guess? It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. We, I was able to go out Friday night with uh, the rest of the Indiana Matt guys, and I got to spend most of my evening with Joe and with – Mike and with Caleb and one of the comments from 
the uh, the other couple that I was mentioned earlier, Jamie and Sarah, who stayed with us, is like, man, you guys are dorks, but how do you retain all that information? And uh, it's certainly fun to be surrounded by people who feel the same way about the sport and are that excited about it. And I know we shared that this weekend, but uh, we're awfully lucky to have the resources that we have to be able to do this show, to be able to broadcast wrestling and bring it to people who, um, you know, normally wouldn't pay that much attention to high school sports, but they feel compelled. How did Duke do this weekend? You know, I made sure that I listened to it, even though I didn't make it to a single match all year. I was there. I was listening to it. Um, and then, of course, with Indiana Matt, our partner in this venture from the from from the get go, you know, they've they've made Indiana high school wrestling so much better because of uh, because of it. And so, you know, make sure that you keep going to Indiana Matt. Keep keep going to find out the storylines at Warren Central in a couple weeks with ISWA State. Follow the discussion about the Big Tens. Watch the NCAA's. If you think that you like high school wrestling, but, oh, college wrestling, no. Like, you will like it if you just follow it and follow the storylines and you go and you watch those guys that you've watched down at Gainbridge the last couple of years. They're going to be there on the floor in Detroit here in a couple of weeks between Mason Paris and Jesse Mendez and all of those guys. It's just as much fun to go watch it. There's a reason that Bruce Timmy goes to that too because it's just as fun to go to that as it is to go to state. You know, I feel shorted a little bit because I can't talk about the Belmont wrestling history like you and Jeff Bright and other local Belmont guys because, you know, in 1981, I graduate from college, and in 82, I get my referee's license, and I start refereeing. So I spend 25 years away. Yeah, but you got some great Spartan Classic and yeah. uh, Maryville semi-state <laughs> stories. I, I spent 25 years, well, I spent the first 15 away from Belmont. After 15 years, I'd had enough under my belt that I come back and did work. I did work at Indiana's Best, and I worked some big, bigger Belmont matches. But I've spent most of that 25-year career away from Belmont, so I don't have that history from 81 to 2005, 6, something like that, when I was refereeing. So I can't speak the speak, but uh, I have Indiana math, and I can go back to the history page on Belmont, look at all those guys, and, and Joe and his databases pull all that stuff up. So at times I can't beat the uh, the geek that you are that uh, talk about all the time but because uh, I, I wasn't around for that. But I tell you what, I had some history from being in the region, the Muncie area. You know, you talk about Tony Abbott and these guys. I spent a lot of time with the with the Muncie South Rebels, you know, and during the 90s when we won that state champion, I did a lot of their matches. And uh, I was in the region. I was down in Muncie. I went to uh, Seymour Semi-State a couple of times and uh, saw a lot of great wrestling from different areas. And people would always ask me, how that Belmont team? Yeah, I hear a little bit about it, but I can't spend that much time there because I was on the road all the time. Yeah, we talked, when we talked to Tyrone a couple of years ago on the show, we were uh, honoring um, Jimmy, who said he was retiring and then decided not to retire. I think he just wanted the party that we threw for him. <laughs> But uh, he talked about how it's hard for an official because if you get too wrapped up in it, you, you, you start viewing it through the lens of a fan instead of the, the objective person that, that, that you're supposed to be. So I definitely understand you there when it comes down to it. But um, that's one of the cool things about this show is being able to bring in people from all over the state. We continue to try to make it better and improve it. And, uh, I know we can't really reveal a whole lot, but uh, if you're a WZBD fan, there's some really cool things that are going to be happening here in the next two months. And, Hold on uh, your hat, folks. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, it's going to make next wrestling season 
twice as good. Yeah. I tell you what, uh, we, we like to thank all of our, you know, all of our sponsors we do every week. We like to thank all of our guests. I mean, your mom and dad are here a lot of times. Your wife's here. My wife's here. The judge, the brights are here. And uh, I just want to make sure the brights know that we're happy. You're, we're here to support you, and we're glad we can support you as well. Well, we're certainly hoping that the judge doesn't stop coming now that Henry's done. Yeah, gotta, judge, we, if, it gets, gotta, if it goes back to Indianapolis year after next, Year after next, year after next, judge. If it's an well, we don't want to see those shirts at Goodwill. <laughs> That's what I think he's trying to say. If you bought them, you can give them away. If I bought them and gave them to you, you better hang on to them. <laughs> but uh, I tell you what, it's been a great season, and uh, like I said, we may have some podcasts uh, later on. But uh, uh, for now, I'd like to thank Steve for hanging with us here, and uh, we'll appreciate when Dave Nathan gets this back up and running and. The Gorilla Radio guys done too. They're gonna to have a season wrap up. They'll have a season wrap up, and they're gonna do something, I think, for the upcoming uh, big national tournaments too. And of course, if you don't enjoy it as much as I do, you still should do it. You get on ESPN and you watch the NCAA's, and you just wait. It's like that Leonardo DiCaprio uh, meme. Boop, 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 boop. As you see, you see Joe, and you're like, "What? That's him! I saw him. He's there. He's behind the desk." I I, I love it so much. <laughs> So with that, uh, this wraps the season for the Haggard Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly here on WZBD.